Amen. God bless you, global family. We're so excited to have you tune in today. If you all could please join with me to Ezekiel chapter 39 as we read the word of the Lord. Amen, church. And please rise up on your feet as we give reverence to the Lord. And give a loud amen when you're all there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We read the word of the Lord in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against God and say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the north parts and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. So if you all would be willing to extend your hands towards the altar as we surrender this time to the Lord. Lord God, I humble myself before you, Lord, so that you could take your place, Lord, in the midst of your people, O oh God. I humble myself, Lord God, so that your name can be glorified, so that your name can be praised, O oh Lord. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you take your place upon this altar, O oh God. I ask, Lord God, that your presence, Lord God, be the one, Lord Jesus, ministering to your people, O Lord. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you come, Lord God, and purge those things from us, Lord God, that don't allow us to enter into your presence, Lord. I ask, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit descend, Lord God, like a beautiful dove, Lord, and that you come, Lord God, and edify this house, Lord Jesus. Only you know, Lord God, the hearts of your people, Lord. Only you know what they're going through, oh God. But I ask, Lord God, that you come and confirm this word, Lord Jesus, and that your church leave transformed, Lord God, but with your presence, Lord God, that today will be a victorious day in your presence, Lord God. That we declare, Lord Jesus, that today is a new day for salvation, Lord God. For you have called all of those who have an ear to hear, to be able to hear your voice, Lord God. To be able to prepare the way for the one that is greater than all of us, Lord. And that is you, O oh God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord God, that you use, Lord God, my life as a vessel of honor, Lord. And I ask, Lord God, that you come, Lord Jesus, and bring peace over your people today, Lord. That your Holy Spirit, Lord God, come and show them, Lord Jesus, that if there was blindness in our eyes, Lord, I ask, Lord God, that you put your eyes solve upon them, Lord God, and you allow your people to see, Lord. Allow, Lord God, the, the ones who aren't able to hear, Lord God, of your voice, Lord, open their ears today, Lord God. Allow the lame to walk, Lord God, and to rejoice, Lord Jesus, for you are a victorious king, O oh Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for your beautiful presence, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, for the life, Lord God, of our pastors, Lord. I ask that you honor them, that you bless them, Lord God, and that your presence always be with them, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for this congregation, Lord God. And I thank you for all those families that are tuning in today. Be glorified and be praised, O Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, his church says, amen and amen. You may all take your seats. And as we start... With the word of the Lord, if you all can please open to Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1. And in this time, the prophet Ezekiel was speaking unto the people of Israel, unto the house of Israel, to say, mend your ways before the Lord, to be able to come and bring correction in their time of exile from the Holy Land. Amen, church. We read the word of the Lord in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against God. And say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And what I love about the Lord is that he brings 
the word of the Lord into our remembrance. Because sometimes we're very forgetful. That the moment that we leave the church doors, we forget about the message that was preached. So the title of today's message is to bring the word of the Lord into remembrance in the last days. Hallelujah. Ezekiel was a prophet to the people of Israel during the exile to Babylonia. He brought into their remembrance of their rebellion towards the Lord. And in that time, the house of Israel was stubborn. They were stiff-necked, and they didn't want to hear the prophets of that time. They didn't want to hear the voice of the Lord. And how many, can, how many believe that this generation is like that? That they close their ears to hear the word of the Lord, but they open their ears to hear sin and to hear evilness. But the word of the Lord is coming to bring correction today in the house of the Lord. Amen. And what I love about the Lord is that he's so merciful and he's so kind to be able to forgive the people of Israel and to forgive us in this context of age. Verse 2, it reads, and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the northern parts and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand and will cause thy arrows to fall out of thy right hand. And... In this day and age, we see that there's so much war. We see that there's famine. We see that there's pestilence. But I want you, brothers and sisters, to, to be able to ask the Lord, let me see this, Lord, in the spiritual context, not in the physical. We know what's coming ahead is something great. It's something of distress. But I want you guys to be able to see that we're battling spiritual warfare, that there's many that have risen up against the house of God. And the house of God needs to be able to preach the word of God just as it is. We can't be quiet anymore, church. We have to be able to declare the word of the Lord. And I can only imagine how prophet Ezekiel must have felt. Lord, I always give a hard word to the people of Israel. And sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of this generation that we're preaching the word of the Lord and many people are refusing it. But what I love is that some are willing to, re to receive the word of the Lord into their hearts. Hallelujah. And these verses, they're talking about the, the war of Armageddon. But I want you guys to be able to understand it in the spiritual. Amen? If we go to verse 3, it says, And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thy arrows to fall out of thy right hand. If you all can please join with me to Psalms chapter 21, verse 11. Hallelujah. And give a loud amen when you're there. Hallelujah. Who's grateful to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it says, verse 11 of Psalms chapter 21. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Therefore shall thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows and upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, O Lord. In thy own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. And what the people of God, they were planning against the house of Israel. They were planning to see the destruction of the people of God. But what I love about the Lord is that he is our great defender. That in our time of need, he comes and restores our faith in him once more, church. That he's able to defend his people. And what I love in verse 11, it says, For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. And what do you see, church? That 
once the neighbors know that you're a Christian, that you love the Lord, they start planning an evil demise against you. They're like, how can we irritate these Christians? How can we put them to the test? How can we see if their true character is of the Lord? But the Lord says, for they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Verse 12, therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, O Lord, in thy own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. And what I love about verse 12, it says that when they turn their back, you will be able to make ready your arrows. And what does that mean in the spiritual context? It doesn't mean we, we go fist to fist and fight those who are against us. What the Lord is saying is that you send those arrows of the word of the Lord. You send those arrows into your neighborhood. You send those arrows into their homes, declaring that they will be faithful servants of the Lord in due time. But if we don't have faith, church, if we don't have any relationship with the Lord, how will we be able to send those arrows and those bows and make ourselves ready and make ourselves uncomfortable with those who don't like us? That's why the Lord is saying, therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. And they'll be able to come back and say, thank you for spreading the word of the Lord to me. Thank you for knocking at my door and saying the Lord loves you. Thank you, neighbor. Thank you for praying for me. Now me and my whole household will now enter into the house of God. And that's the miraculous thing about the Lord is that he doesn't work with the multitudes, church. He only works with the 12 disciples. And the Lord is saying, I don't look at quantity. I look at the quality of your heart. I look at the intentions of your heart, whether you're willing to serve me or whether you're willing to serve the world. And that's why it says in verse 13, be thou exalted, O Lord, in thy own strength. We will sing and praise of thy power. What a miraculous verse it says. Be thou exalted, Lord, in your own strength. So we will sing and praise thy power. And what I love about verse 13, it says, so we will sing and praise thy power. Because it's not by our own strength, church. It's only through the strength of the Lord. It's only through the word of the Lord that our temples, that those who are watching us, sometimes through their windows sing, are they heading to church right now? They're watching us, church. So that's why we need to have a high regard for the Lord. That's why our testimony needs to be clean. Hallelujah. And what I got from these verses was that we need to be able to pray for these people. We need to be able to fast for them. We need to be able to sing hymns to the Lord. Whether we know that they're going to come into the church pretty soon, but we have to declare with faith that they will be vessels of honor in the house of God. Hallelujah. So if you all could please join with me. To Ezekiel 39. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 3. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thy arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort. And to the beast of the field to be devoured. Let's read that again, church. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel. Thou and all thy bands and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort. And to the beast of the field to be devoured. 
And that is their consequence, church. That once you leave the presence of the Lord, once you decide to do evil instead of good, this is what happens, church. Those that join against you, it says, you shall fall upon the mountains of Israel and all the people that is with you. And I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Your life runs risk, brothers and sisters, when you decide to do evil instead of good. And what it's saying is that the birds of every sort and to the beasts of the field, that unclean spirits will now enter you because you decide to leave the presence of the Lord, because you decide to do evil. And this is what happens. It doesn't just fall on you, church. It falls on your whole household and those who, who you lead. That's why the Lord is saying, cleanse yourselves, church, while we still have time in these last days. Because who knows that the Lord is coming soon? Who believes that? I don't hear you, church. Who believes that? Who wants to welcome their king? Hallelujah. And if you could please join with me to Psalms 21. Hallelujah. Give a loud amen when you're there, church. Actually, never mind. We read that, actually. <laughs> Sorry, church. But it says in verse 5, Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles. And they shall know that I am the Lord. And what I got from verse 6 was that all those nations that rise up against the Lord, all those nations that decide to do evil, this is their punishment. And all of those who dwell carelessly. And what do we see now in the church is that many people don't take the word of the Lord seriously. Many don't apply it to their hearts. Instead, they come to be a lazy person in the house of God. Instead, they come to be an, um, an expect, not an, a spectator. In the house of God, they come and say, what, what flaws does this church have? How are their people with each other? How are the brothers and the sisters with each other? Are they genuinely caring about each other? Do they care about my good? Do they care about my spiritual well-being? Do they? But that's why the Lord is saying, and among them that dwell carelessly in the aisles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. The Lord wants to make himself known, church. The Lord wants to dwell where he's invited. But if we don't invite him into our own homes during our own personal time, then how do you expect to come into the house of God and receive more of the Lord? If you're not willing to put in the work at home, if you're not willing to pray, if you're not willing to fast, if you're not willing to intercede at the midnight hour just like Paul and Silas, that the Lord shook that prison and the guard was like, he was saying, what happened? What happened? I feel this great shake. And he was able to convert his whole household for the Lord. The Lord was able to encounter that guard at the midnight hour. And what was Paul and Silas doing at the midnight hour? They were singing hymns. And I could only imagine them two in the cell. And they were singing, we praise you, O Lord. I'm pretty sure the other prisoners were like, why are you guys singing? Why are you guys singing? Why can't you guys be quiet? But they were so grateful for what the Lord had done for their lives. And church, we forget how faithful the Lord has been. That's why today he's reminding us, remember how far you fell. And remember how far I've taken you this far, church. He's been faithful, church. 
And how can we not enter into his courts with praise? How can we not enter into his house saying, Lord, here I am. Here are my hands. Here are my feet, oh Lord. Here's my voice, oh God. I may not have the best talent, Lord, but I know I give it to you with my whole heart. In that verse where it says to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Because once you're able to recognize how much the Lord has forgiven you, you'll be able to be like Paul. A disciple that was able to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel of the Lord. Because that man knew how far he fell. That man knew how much the Lord saved him. He knew that there was so much mercy that the Lord bestowed upon his life. That the Lord could have instantly killed him. But the Lord said, this one, this vessel will be used greatly in my kingdom. Hallelujah. Verse 7 it says, so will I make my holy name known. In the midst of my people, Israel. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Let's read that again, church, all together. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. The Lord is speaking to us. He's telling us, church, that in these last days, that in this generation, this generation doesn't know the Lord. This generation doesn't have a connection with the Lord. This generation doesn't know how to serve the Lord in integrity, in transparency, with all gratitude. Instead, this generation is an I generation. I want you to see me. I want my works to be known to all the people. And the Lord is saying, don't pollute my name. Don't pollute my altars. Don't pollute the houses that I have established, says the Lord. Because he is the Holy One of Israel, church. And he wants to make his name known in this generation. He wants to be able to see every generation in the house of God. He wants to be able to see the elders prophesying. The young ones being baptized with the Holy Spirit. He wants to see marriages restored in the name of Jesus. He wants to see young people able to serve in the house of God. But many people, because of the love of money, have polluted the house of God. Because many people see what comes with the ministry, that they say, I'll take on this role. Even though you weren't called to be a pastor. Even though you weren't called to be a leader. Even though you weren't called to be a Levite. But the Lord is coming to correct our ways, church. Because he's so merciful that he still thinks of us. But sometimes... We forget his mercy. Sometimes we take it at, to our advantage and we say, let's sin on Sunday. But on Monday, I'll try again, Lord. On Monday, I pray, Lord, that you forgive me. But we're the generation that says, Lord, forgive me. But we're not willing to take action and to be doers of his word. The Lord is telling us, church, to make his name known. His holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel. And just as he's talking to the to the people of Israel. He's speaking to us, the Gentiles, because mercy still reached us. Mercy still reached our families. Mercy still reached us that we're able to enter into the house of God today. And he says, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. If you all can please join with me to Genesis chapter 5. And this is all scripture, church. Hallelujah. 
Genesis chapter 5. Give a loud amen when you're there. Hallelujah. Amen. Chapter 6, I mean. Just one page over. Chapter 6, verse 5 of Genesis. And it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with the Lord. What a beautiful way to be as an example for us in this age, church. To be able to hear of this man called Noah, who was perfect in the eyes of the Lord and a just man. But what we see in this generation is what Noah was experiencing, church. That in the hearts of men, every imagination of their thoughts, it was evil. Their heart was fully corrupted. Their heart decided to leave the Lord. And many people in this day and age, those who are young, those who are old, they say, I don't need the Lord. Why do I need the Lord? There's so many commandments. There's so many laws. There's so many things that I have to obey. But if you're willing to obey the law of men, it's nothing to be able to appreciate the laws that the Lord has given us. Because he left us the Ten Commandments to be able to love our God with all our heart. And that's why it says in verse 5, and God saw the wickedness of man. It was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And they grieved him at his heart. And I could only imagine our Lord saying, I created you. Just turn back to me. Turn back to my laws. Turn back to my commandments. I'm pretty sure he was sad that he saw his creation removing themselves farther and farther away from his presence. And that's why it says it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth and that it grieved his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, of the air for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Who wants to be known that you are a just man and woman of God? Hallelujah. And to be able to be perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Who wants to be able to walk with God like Noah, like Enoch, where he was taken by the Lord. And he didn't have to face death. That's how determined we need to be, church. That's how willing we willingly we have to be that our hearts conform to the things of the Lord not to the world that our hearts not be led astray by the things by the attractions by the distractions by the offers that may come your way church and said that you will stand firm on the rock of salvation and say no Lord I will stand true to what you have promised me Lord I will stand true oh God to your word because your word brings life into my soul Lord to be able to walk with the Lord to be able to have daily conversations with the Lord. That at every single hour, you're saying, Lord, I may be tired. I may not have the strength today, Lord. But I want to be able to talk to you. 
I want to be able to open up to you, Lord, and tell you how my day was going, to be able to pray at every hour, to be able to fast, not even an hour anymore. You go from glory to glory to glory, that you're able to go a whole day and then a whole week and then 40 days and 40 nights. Amen, church? Let's go back to Ezekiel 39. Hallelujah. Amen. 39 verse 7. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it is come and it is done, saith the Lord God, that this is the day whereof I have spoken. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1. Hallelujah. Give a loud amen when you're there, church. Hallelujah. And it reads, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he had laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed for a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse, verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Who wants to reign with the Lord a thousand years, church? Hallelujah. Verse 7. And when the a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and a brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever. That is the main goal of Satan, church. His goal is to go out to deceive the nations, in verse 8, which it says, which are in the four quarters of the earth. Satan doesn't take breaks, church. He's out there constantly roaming the land, seeing who's not filling themselves with the presence of the Lord, who's not filling themselves by reading the word of the Lord, who's instead allowing campground for the enemy to take its place and instead to come and infiltrate every single blood cell that you have in your body so that you do evil. But the Lord says, choose today whom you will serve, says the Lord. Either you choose to serve the Lord or you choose to, to serve Satan and his, and his demons. Because we're not facing flesh and blood, church. 
we're facing principalities in the unknown realms that we cannot see. But if we ask the Lord, Lord, open our eyes, open our ears so that we could see the unknown realms, Lord, and cast it out in the name of Jesus. Because many in the house of God are in bondage. Many in the house of God believe just by coming into the house of the Lord that they're doing enough. We're not doing enough, church. We need to be able to do more for the Lord. We need to be able to go out there on the streets and preach the gospel just as it is, as it is not sugarcoating because this generation wants to hear an easy word. We have to preach the word of the Lord just as it is. As it comes to edify, as it came to save you and me, there's souls that are waiting to hear the word of the Lord. There's still a generation just like Ezekiel, how the Lord was telling Ezekiel, son of man, prophesy to the valley of these dead bones, that these bones were so dry that they couldn't lift up. And the Lord was telling him, tell the people of Israel to stop being so stiff-necked, to stop rebelling against me and going back to the things that their fathers used to do. Church, there's so many generational traditions. There's so many generational bondage that takes place when you allow the enemy to, to take its place within your heart, within your home. Within the things that don't please the Lord. That's why the Lord is saying in verse 8, Satan was to go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And Gog and Magog is to represent the things that are to come, church. That we know that those who barely made it from this COVID, from this pandemic, you won't be able to make it when stronger things come our way, church. We were able to see those who fully committed their lives to the Lord and those who became lukewarm. As it says in the book of Revelation, the church that is lukewarm. And that's this generation. They have one foot in the Lord and the other one out in the world. They're willing to sell themselves so that they're able to be seen by so many others through a screen. They're willing to sell themselves to be able to be known in this generation. No one needs to know his church. What they need to know is the Lord. What they need to know is his faithfulness. What they need to know is his mercy. Because this generation doesn't know the Lord. This generation wants to be given so much, but they're not willing to put in the work. They want to be given everything at their disposal. But they're not willing to be able to pray at the midnight hour. They're not willing to come at 5 in the morning to pray. And that's what we see nowadays, church. That once you say, we're having after service, we're selling food, come and support, everyone's there. They say, yes, amen, pastors, we'll support. But once it comes, church, would you be able to support us at 5 in the morning prayer? Two make it. Three make it at the most. But what the Lord is saying, prioritize what you want first. Prioritize what you want to get done in my, in my ministry. Prioritize your life first. Get your house in order, says the Lord. Get your house in order. That you make sure that your temple is undefiled. That you make sure that your temple doesn't have any maliciousness, any evilness. Instead, let there be good that dwells in you. That once those outside, when they see your face, they say, there's something different about you. I don't know what you carry, but there's something different in the way you talk, in the way that people receive you. The way you receive people, they'll be able to see the difference and say, 
That woman, that man has a presence of the Lord with them. That man and that woman is on fire for the Lord. They're willing to give up their life for this cause. And they'll question you, why do you even serve the Lord? Why do you serve a God that you can't see? What do you respond, church? Let that be in your heart. But who are you willing to serve today? Today, are you willing to serve, to serve the Lord of your salvation? Are you willing to conform to the things of this earth, church? Because great things are coming in this generation. We are in the last generation, church. We are in the last days that there will be miracles that the Lord will display for his church and his bride. But we have to be ready, church. We have to be like those five prudent virgins that brought oil for their lampstands. And those other five virgins that didn't bring the oil, they were saying, knocking. They were saying, do you have enough oil for us? But it was already too late. It was already too late, church. But there's many people in the house of God that you see their eyes open, but they're sleeping spiritually. You see in the house of God that there's many that envy. There's many that covet what other people have. And the Lord is bringing correction to us, church. He's saying, mend your ways, correct your ways, says the Lord. Because he's coming to bring order into his house, but into your house first, into your temple first. Because our pastors cannot lead us to heaven. They won't defend us at the judgment seat. The Lord will say, what did you do? What did you do at the midnight hour? Where I found you on your phone, on Instagram. I, find, I found you publishing on Facebook. I found you watching preaching videos on YouTube. When you should have been out there in the streets preaching to the lost ones. I know this isn't an easy word, church, but it has to be delivered. Because the Lord wants us to bring order and correction into our lives. Because he is a holy God. And the least that he deserves of us is our loyalty. Loyalty goes a long way, church. Once you're able to give up your life for the Lord, the Lord will use your life in powerful ways. But once you tell the Lord, Lord... I leave your presence. Lord, I don't want nothing to do with the church. Then you left out your own will. You decide to leave the Lord, but the Lord never left us. He never left us as an orphan or as a widow, but instead he sent the Holy Spirit, our great counselor. And the least we could do, church, is to be able to serve him at his feet. Just like that woman who was so grateful for what the Lord had done, what the Pharisees didn't do, this woman came to pour with her hair, the most expensive perfume. And sometimes us, we give the Lord the scraps. Sometimes us, as a church, we give the Lord what's left over of what we made this week or what we made this month. But the Lord is not asking for your money. The Lord is asking from your heart. He's asking, will you be willing to serve me in these last days? Will you be willing to withstand the trials that are coming our way, church? Because Satan has an army as well. He has those demons watching us. That the moment that you exit out of your house, you're on his target. That he's trying to think of any way that he could see you fall. And unfortunately, in the house of God, there's many men and women that like to see their brothers and sisters fall. That they don't like to see their brothers and sisters increase in their ministry. Instead, they, they question the Lord. Lord, why aren't you lifting me up like that? Lord, why aren't you using me at that capacity, Lord? Lord, why can't I preach this certain way? Because the Lord is asking, have you put in the work? Have you been willing to wake up at 5 in the morning? Have you been willing to go out there on the streets and preach? Have you been willing to talk to your loved ones?
But sometimes it's hard to talk to our loved ones, right, church? There, there are most, um, there are critics that they see anything that we do and, they're said, and they say, well, aren't you a servant of the Lord? Don't you go to church? But that's why, church, we need to have a great testimony in the Lord. That's why we need to be able to not defile our temple. That once we go out there, the people see that the Lord is in this house. Amen, church. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 39. Hallelujah. And it says, verse 8. Behold, it is come and it is done, saith the Lord God. And is this day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, and the hand stabs and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. And what amazed me when I was researching about Gog and Magog was that modern day, now it's Russia, Russia and central Turkey. That now in this generation, Russia has adopted a, a law making it unconstitutional to be a Christian within Russia. Even though the Russian constitution says you are free to profess any faith. The law increases regulation of, of evangelism, including a ban of performance of missionary activities in non-religious settings. So you see, church, the devil is out there deceiving the nations, as it says in Revelation, that he's coming to oppress the children of God. But instead, of, as the people of the Lord, we have to rise up, church. We have to be able to declare the truth. Whether we're out there on the streets, whether we're out there knocking on doors, we have to preach the word of the Lord because he's coming soon. But for these people, and you see in China, that these people meet underneath the ground. And they're there from seven to eight hours. They're worshiping, they're praying. And don't expect that they have the best ventilation. Don't expect that they have these fans that we have. They're out there sweating in the presence of the Lord. Some of them say, I have to hide it from my family because they'll kill me. They'll send me to camps if they find out that I'm a Christian. But us, that we have the liberty to be able to preach, to be able to talk about the Lord and not being able to go to prison for it. We're sometimes those mute ones that don't know how to speak. We're sometimes the blind ones that don't know how to see what's going on. Sometimes we close our ears to not hear the voice of the Lord. Because we don't want to be criticized. We don't want to lose our life because of the Lord. And many people aren't willing to lose their life for the Lord. That's why stand firm, church. And be very strong. And be very bold. And be very courageous for this faith that you have now received. Because the Lord, he's done so much for us. And how can we not give up our life? When he sent his only son to die on the cross for you and for me. For those tuning in. He gave his life for you. And the least we could do is give our life and return to him. Give our life in loyalty to the Lord. Once you're able to know how far the Lord has brought you. Once you're able to see, Lord, I will remain loyal to you. Even if it means my life. There's a great reward that goes for you, church. The gift of salvation. That we will be able to reign with the Lord a thousand years for a whole eternity in the new Jerusalem. And what I tell the Lord in my in my own time is, Lord, I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Israel. And I have so much love for Israel. 
And I have so much imagination of the pillars in Israel, for the people in Israel. Sometimes I get um, too excited because I love them so much. Because I know that they were the people of God in the early times. But just as the Lord reached us, I have faith that he'll reach his people again. I have faith that he'll restore the house of Israel. To be able to see that every tribe, that every language, that every nation would bow their knees to the Lord. That there wouldn't be no more rebellion in us, church. Let there be no unbelief in you. Let there be no more evilness within you. Correct your ways, church. Do good. Be able to serve the Lord with all integrity, with all your heart. Be able to serve the Lord in any capacity. If he has you cleaning the restrooms, glory be to God. Make sure that those restrooms are spotless. If he gives you the opportunity to be able to sweep in the house of the Lord, glory be to God because you're cleaning out the filth that remains within these, um, within these floors. If you're able to rejoice in the little, God will, God will multiply in so much more. And the abundance of the heart is what speaks out of your mouth, church. If there's evil in you, you're going to speak evil against your brothers and your sisters. If there's evil against you, you will despise to see your brothers and your sisters. If there's evil in you, you won't bear to look at them. But if there's goodness in you, you'll be able to say, brothers and sisters, welcome into the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I'm so grateful to see that you're flourishing in the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I see that you don't have enough money for gas today. Here's $20. Don't worry about paying me back. That's how we need to have, church, the agape love that doesn't have any restrictions, that doesn't have any um, terms of agreements where you have to sign off. The Lord never gave us that. And said he loves us so much that his mercy abounds more than what we could have ever thought. His mercy and his love abounds more than the oceans. The earth is filled with so much water. But that doesn't compare to the love of the Lord that he has for us, church. And in verse 9 of Ezekiel, it says, And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth. And shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shield and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the hand staves and the spears. And they shall burn them with fire seven years. So that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forests, for they shall burn the weapons with fire. And they shall spoil those that spoiled them and rob those that have robbed them, saith the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea. And it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude. And they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. You see, when people, when people die, there's that smell that remains in the air. There's that stench, church. We can't have that evil stench within us. That people can't smell that within you. That they know that within your heart that you're planning evil against them, church. That people need to know that we are people of faith. That we are people of honor. That we are people of transparency. Willing to do things right for the Lord. But the people of Israel had to burn these weapons with fire. Because the, the land of Gog and of Magog. It had so much evilness planned in their hearts against the house of Israel. 
They wanted to see all God's people destroyed. Just like Nebuchadnezzar when he came to exile the people out of their land. When he came to bring so much destruction on the temple in Jerusalem. There's many people that are willing to do evil against you. There's many people that don't want to see you increase. But there's a God that we serve that always pushes us from glory to glory, church. That's why, church, we need to be able to stand up for what's right. To be able to defend our faith. To not be wavered by the, by the winds and by the waves, by the false doctrines that are preached now. There's so many religions. It's in the thousands. It's in the millions. But what makes you serve in this house, church? Let that be a question. Why do you decide to serve the Lord? Is it because your family, you grew into it? Is it because you had a genuine encounter with the Lord? Is it because you feel that you're entitled? Is it because you feel that you need to be a busybody in the house of the Lord? Is it because you need to be a spectator in the house of the Lord? Is it because you need to be a Pharisee in the house of the Lord? The Lord is coming to bring correction, church. So let's go to verse 11. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and there they shall bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And what, brought, what was brought to my attention was that in verse 11 it says, they shall bury Gog and all his multitude. So you can imagine that there was many people in this earth that plan to do evil instead of good. But what I love about the Lord is that he gives us his free will to be able to choose to do what's evil and to do what's good. But instead the Holy Spirit pushes us to do what's good, to do what's right, to do goodness in the house of the Lord. The Holy Spirit pushes us. But there's many that aren't willing to put in their work into the house of, of the Lord. That's why it says, they shall bury Gog and all his multitude, because only many are called, but few are chosen for the Lord. Only a few are willing to give their lives up for the Lord. Only a few are willing to come and serve in the house of the Lord. Only a few are willing to be able to go out there and preach the word of the Lord. But blessed are we that we believe and yet have not seen him. Church. Don't find yourself being a Philip. Don't find yourself having unbelief within you. Instead, say, Lord, let there be, Lord, that passion within me, that whenever I speak, Lord God, that wherever you take me, Lord, that I speak of your truth, oh God, that I speak of your gospel, Lord, that I speak, Lord God, of the testimony you gave me, Lord, that I speak of how far you've taken me, Lord. And what I love about the Lord is that he gives us each free will. That he gives us our own space to be able to say, Lord, I want you back into my life. Lord, I want you to restore me. And that's what happened to me, church. In, 28, in 2018, the Lord had to work in me because we had the loss of my grandma. And I had that question, Lord, why did you take my grandma? Lord, she was a great person. Lord, she served you wholeheartedly. If she had to, she took the bus from her work all the way to church. If she had to, she had to walk to make it to church on time. But sometimes us, we get spiritually lazy. We get lazy that we don't want to enter into the house of God. Sometimes we get lazy because we don't want to give in the house of God. 
sometimes we get lazy because, no, Lord, it's not the perfect church. They speak too much truth. They speak too much about your word, Lord. I can't handle it. But this is only for the strong ones, church. I've come to remind you today that this word of the Lord is only for the strong ones. And they will inherit the kingdom of the Lord. That's why you don't see many in this house right now. But I have faith that in the near future, this house will be filled with many servants and vessels of honor that want to serve. Not people who want to receive and not give anything in return. People that want to open their hearts to the Lord. Many people that want to see their families restored. Many people that want their lives to be changed. But many have become a slave to bondage just like the house of, e of Israel to Egypt. Many said, Lord, it was better in Egypt. They had the best meat, Lord. They had the best bread, Lord. They had the best wine. But the people of Israel always complained. And we see that in the house of God. There's so many complainers in the house of the Lord. And we have to say it as it is, church. There's many complainers in the house of the Lord. They say, why don't we see air conditioning in this house yet? Why don't we see all the chairs filled? Why, why am I giving and there's nothing in return? That's how, many, that's how many mindsets are now in the house of the Lord. And it's unfortunate, church, because many don't say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me into the house today. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me and my family, Lord. Thank you, God, for restoring my marriage once more, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a ministry that I never knew that I could have, Lord. But what I love about the Lord is that he weighs our hearts, church. And, he, and if he sees, and if he weighs your heart and sees that there's purity, if that there's sincerity in your heart to be able to serve him with all integrity, then he will take you far, church. But only a few are willing to open their heart to the Lord. Only a few are willing to be vulnerable in his presence. That's why it's hard nowadays that many people can't withstand just 30 minutes of worship. That's why many people fall asleep once the word is given. That's why when you ask them, after service, are you hungry? Yes. Their eyes are open for that. But once it comes to the word of the Lord, sleeping in the middle of service. But the Lord is telling us, wake up. Wake up from that mindset of being the victim all the time. Because we're not victims, church. The Lord has called us to be conquerors. To be able to put our stakes within the city of Ukaipa and declare that this city is for the Lord. That every inch of the city is for the Lord. That this whole nation will be for the Lord. That every nation in this earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. But we have to be willing to put in the work, church. Because many things are coming. Many wars, many famines, pestilences, sickness. And if you can't withstand just this minor hiccup in society right now, you won't be able to withstand what's coming now. You won't be able to withstand the war that's coming here in this land. Instead, if you're complaining, you're going to complain even more during tribulation. If you're always ungrateful, you won't be able to withstand what's coming, church. You won't be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy because you always have yourself vulnerable to the enemy. You always have yourself vulnerable. So that's why Satan has you. And that's why you can't flourish in the house of the Lord. That's why you're always bitter. That's why you always come in complaining to the pastors and saying, pastors, I don't have much. I can't give anything, church. I can't give anything, pastors, because I only have a few dollars. Church, you have to be willing to action with faith. 
You have to be willing to serve the Lord with faith. To be able to say, Lord, I may only have $2, Lord, but I have faith that you will multiply this offering, Lord. I have faith, Lord God, that you will multiply it just as a, as a fish in the bread. Just as the Lord supplied it for all of those who came to hear. But many left his side. Many left his side when things got hard. Many disciples left his side when things got hard. Do you want to be found like that, church? That once things get hard, once your life becomes uncomfortable, once your life starts shaking a bit for the Lord, are you going to fall? Or are you going to stand firm on the rock of salvation? Answer that within yourselves, church. What brings you here today? Is it the Lord? Is it to please your pastors? Is it to be at a good withstanding with your brothers so that they see that you enter today? Is there gratitude in your heart for what the Lord has done? Or are you here just to receive of the physical food like many multitudes did with the Lord? Many came to receive the fish and bread, but they never opened their ears to the word of the Lord. Many of them saw the miracles and the wonders and the signs that the Lord did. But yet their heart, there was unbelief in them. Do not let unbelief be in your heart, church. Let's go back to Ezekiel, verse 12. And seven months shall the house of Israel be bearing of them, that they may cleanse the land. Yes, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown, the day that shall be glorified, says the Lord. And we've been here for little less than a year, church, but we have to be able to put our stakes here in the city of Ukaipa. We have to be able to prepare this house for many multitudes that are going to come into this house. But if we could barely survive with a few of us, we won't be able to handle the multitudes. Get your life in order, church. Let your heart be found wanting more of the Lord in these last days. Let your family and yourself be wanting more of the Lord in these last days. Let your whole household rejoice in the presence of the Lord. You don't have to come to church to be able to preach the word of the Lord. You could do it at your own time. Sometimes you can minister unto. You could preach to your neighbors in your neighborhood. You could talk to someone as you're going to the grocery store. You don't have to make up the excuse, well, I have all these groceries on me. I can't talk to anyone. What I love about the Lord was that he made himself useful. He knew what his father had called him to do. He knew the purpose that was for his life. And I can only imagine, I, I love the word of the Lord because it says when Jesus was a little boy, his parents were looking for him and he was in the house of the Lord. He said, where else would I be other than in my father's house? And that's how we need to be, church, just like little children, just like little children to be able to receive the Lord. And what I love about children is that they're willing to believe even though they haven't seen it. They're willing to believe if you make them a promise. And the promise the Lord made for us as his children is eternal salvation, church. But many people don't want that. Many people want the easy route. Many people want to say, there's many ways to the Lord. No, there's only one way to the Lord for he is the truth. He is righteousness and he is a holy God. He is the way, the truth, and everlasting life. How can we go serve Another God, a false religion, if the Lord tells us the beginning, our beginning, and our end in the Lord. No other religion can tell you that. No other religion can come and bring total transformation in your life. But many people, they forgot their first love. In the beginning, you're willing to stay up 
no matter the hour, in the beginning of your journey with the Lord, you're willing to make it a daily habit to pray for your food. Now you don't pray for your food. Now you're not grateful. Instead you say, Lord, when you wake up, Lord, I'm grateful for you today. But many of us forget. Many of us say, Lord, I'm dealing with this, fix it. Lord, I'm dealing with, with these problems, fix it as soon as possible. But the Lord doesn't work according to our time. He works according to his time, church. He is no respecter of men because he is a holy God. He is a God that is worthy of all the praise and of all the honor. Not us. It's not about us anymore, church. It's about the Lord. And if you have that within your heart where you want self-glory, where you want people to look at you, that you've done many milestones in your life, that you've won awards, it's not about that, church. It's about the Lord. It's about how you're living your daily walk with the Lord. It's how people know your testimony. It's how people will talk about you when they're asked about you. Um, they'll say, how's Sister Cassidy? They'll give a good report of who you are. They'll give a good report of how your walk is with the Lord. They won't say anything evil. And if they do, they'll know because their testimony bears fruit. But you have to be a person that bears fruit in season and out of season, church. You have to be able that in these last days that the harvest is ready, church. The Lord is coming. But if we're standing here being lazy, if we're not willing to put in the work, the Lord is going to find you. He's going to find us being lazy like those, like those five virgins who didn't prepare their lampstands. But many have been taken captives into the bondage of Satan. Many. In this generation, don't know the Lord. They don't know the Lord with the true connection of repentance. That's why the Lord told the people and the house of Israel, repent. Turn away from being so rebellious. Turn away from being so stiff-necked. If only you would allow your heart to become of flesh and not of stone. But many people in the house of God, because there's so much hurt, their hearts are stone. They haven't been fully restored because they're not able to love their family. They're not able to love the ones within the house of God. They're not able to see others grow in the house of the Lord. Many people are unsatisfied with their portion now. Many people are unsatisfied with what the Lord has given them. That they say, Lord, give me more. Give me more, Lord. But the Lord weighs your heart, church. He weighs your heart to see if you're willing to do things right, to see if you're willing to stand up for his truth, to see if you're willing to give up your life for him, to see if you're willing to carry your cross every single day and bear the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Church, I encourage you, give your very best to the Lord. Don't give him the scraps because the Lord hated the offering of Cain, but he was pleased with the offering of Abel. But you see, church, because there was jealousy, because there was unsatisfaction within Cain that he ended the life of his brother. And the ground called up and said, what happened to the blood of Abel? Is that what you want, church? To see the blood of someone else on the ground? Or do you rather serve the Lord with your best offering? Because we have to be able to serve the Lord uh, with excellence, church. That in every single thing that we do, it reflects the Lord. That when people talk about Without Borders Global, they see that the excellence of the Lord is here. 
and thank the Lord that when people see this house, they say, this house is so magnificent. This house is so beautiful. This house is filled with the glory of the Lord. And there's not many, church, there's not many houses of the Lord that are being filled with that later rain. Because many are dressed like wolves. Many are dressed like sheep. But their hearts and intentions are like wolves. Trying to see whom they can devour. Trying to see that if there could be division within the house of the Lord. We rebuke that evil spirit in the name of Jesus. The Lord wants order in his house, church. But we have to be willing. That even though you might be tired, we're all tired, church. There could be weakness, weaknesses in us, sickness in us. But it's your free will offering that you dedicate to the Lord. It's how much you want it, church. We could preach as much as we want. But it's up to your individual responsibility to make yourself vulnerable in the presence of the Lord. It's your own individual individual responsibility to be able to come into the house of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here at your service. Lord, I may not know um, how to position this. I may not know how to work this, but I'm willing to learn. And that's something that the Lord looks for, is that you're willing to learn in his house. That you don't come saying, I'm going to teach you this way, or I expect you to learn because of me. No, you have to be willing to be molded by the potter's hands. You have to be willing to say, Lord, here am I, send me. We have to be willing to prepare the way for the Lord. We have to be willing, church, to do what's right for the Lord. Verse 14 of Ezekiel chapter 39. And they shall never sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers, those that remain upon the face of the earth, to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any see a man's bone, they shall, they shall he set up a sign by it, till the buriers have buried in the valley of Hamongog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamona. They shall, thus shall they cleanse the land. And what spoke to me was that the Lord, there's three verses that say cleanse the land. We have to cleanse our temple church. We have to cleanse this house, church, that each and every one of us come at our own accord, willing to be cleansed and molded and purified and sanctified in the Lord. That there, let there be true repentance in you. That if you tell the Lord, Lord, I repent of all my wrongdoings, that you will restore those years that were lost, Lord. You are the restorer of life, Lord. And in those years that I didn't follow you, Lord, they will be restored. That the, that the end of me, Lord God, will be greater than the beginning of my life, Lord. That if you had unbelief in the beginning of your journey with the Lord, that there will be no more unbelief at the end of your life, church. That if there was a lack of faith, that if there was a lack of love within your heart, that at the end of your life, you'll say, Lord, I love you with all my heart, that I'm willing to give up my life for you, Lord. That's how determined we have to be, church. And what I love about Paul was that he was determined. He said, I am a slave to this Lord. I am a slave of bonds because I know how far the Lord has taken me. I know how far the Lord has forgiven me. And that's why Paul took it so seriously. That's how we need to take it, church. Take the word of the Lord seriously. Be passionate for the Lord. Be able to see that your loved ones, that your children are passionate for the Lord. To see that you're... Sowing seeds of fruitfulness, that you're sowing seeds 
that will bear much fruit in the later generations if it's the Lord's will. We are the first laborers, church, but greater is our reward. Greater is our reward, church. That's why I don't see this place and say, it's in vain that I come because the seats aren't filled. It's in vain that I help my pastors because I don't get paid for it. We rebuke that evil spirit in the name of Jesus because you shouldn't expect anything because the Lord has forgiven us so much. The Lord has restored our lives. And how can we not dedicate our lives to the Lord? Hallelujah. Verse 17. And thus saith, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you. Even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the, of the mighty and drink the blood of the princesses of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, and all of them fatlings of Bashan. And you shall eat fat till you be full and drink blood till you be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. That was the Lord sending his son, Jesus Christ, for us, church. That it was a great sacrifice that he did for us on the cross. That we were able now to drink of that new wine that the Lord is pouring out in these later days. To be able to receive the bread of life that has living words for me. That has living words of life for you, church. Amen. To be able to be grateful for what the Lord has done, church. And in verse 20 it says, Thus you shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. Verse 21, and I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. Let's go to Exodus chapter 14. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Hallelujah. Exodus 14. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace, says the Lord. Let's read that again, church, with confidence and with boldness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, church. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord today, which he will show you to this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them never again anymore. That is what the Lord is telling us, church. Don't look back to Egypt. Don't look back to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't look back to that land that brought you so much destruction. Instead, look ahead to the new Jerusalem that will flow with milk and honey. The land that the Lord has promised us. But what I love about the Lord is that he used Moses. He used someone that society thought they'll never do anything good. They're just slow of speech. They're old. But instead the Lord uses the humble and the sincere church. He doesn't look. He doesn't use the prideful and the arrogant. The ones that know it all. He uses the ones that are willing to be molded by him. And he said, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, 
You shall see them again no more. The Lord shall fight for you, church, and you will hold your peace until the end, church. Declare that with me. The Lord shall fight for you and your house, and you will hold your peace in these last days, church. That is our confidence. That is our boldness that the Lord will fight for us in these last days. That whether there be persecution, that whether there be famine, whether there be pestilence, we will have our peace in the Lord. And what a grateful and what a sincere promise the Lord gives us that we will hold our peace despite the destruction of thousands. We will be able to see the Lord fighting on our behalf. That we won't have to take out swords. We won't have to take out our fists. The Lord will fight on our behalf. Those who disliked you, those who talked about you, the Lord, let the Lord have vengeance on them. What you can do, church, is do what's right for the Lord. What you can do is fight for the Lord, is serve the Lord, and to hold your peace. I feel like in this day now, in society, there's so much of evilness increasing. That many people in the house of God are anxious. Many people are nervous. They say, should I have myself and my family in the house of God or will they get sick? Should I enter into the house of God or, or it's too much for me? Many people aren't willing to receive the word of the Lord. But us, his remnant, we have to be willing to preach. We have to be willing to teach those who are coming in the attributes of the Lord, to display the agape love, to be of service, to be able to be humble and sincere in the way you talk, to be able to show that the Lord lives inside of you. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 39. Thank you, Lord, for the eternal peace that you give us, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 21. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed. And my hand that I have laid upon them. Those who despise this church, the judgment of the Lord will encounter them. Because every eye will see him coming in the clouds with all his glory. Hallelujah. Verse 22. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God. From that day and forward. Let that be in your heart, church. That the house of Israel, that without borders global, will know that he is the great I am. That he is the Lord their God from this day and forward. Hallelujah. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So they fell all by the sword. Let there not be iniquity in you, church. Let it decrease so that the Lord can increase in you. Don't trespass the Lord's commandments. Don't be on the border. Don't be a lukewarm Christian that just wants to come and see what you could gain out of the brethren. No. Be able to be willing to serve the Lord at any capacity. And it says in verse 24, according to their unclean, uncleanness and according to their transgressions, have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. The Lord restored Jacob. Jacob was known as a man that stole his brother's birthright, that had a false identity within himself. That people knew Jacob as the one who didn't come confirm his word, who wasn't a man that they could trust, who was a man that always chose the easy route, that always did a Mickey Mouse job. But instead, the Lord comes to restore people like that. 
the Lord doesn't look at the 99 that will refuse him. He looks at that one sheep that's willing to take his gospel as far as they can. That one sheep that's willing to be molded by the potter's hand. That one sheep that is willing to be able to cradle the presence of the Lord. I tell the Lord, Lord, I just want to cradle your presence. I want to be able to, to be in your presence, Lord, and to cry because I know how far you've taken me out, Lord. I want to be able, Lord, to open my heart to you. That what a person can't do, you will only do, Lord. That in our times of need, church, the Lord is the one that remains to us. When you think that your friends are the ones that are going to stay with you. When you think that your family is going to be the ones right next to you. Crickets. But the Lord, we sometimes push them to the back burner. And we say, Lord, where have you been? And he tells us, I've been here all this time. I've been here waiting for you. And it wasn't until the Lord came to encounter me, encounter me in my room. I said, Lord, I don't want to live this life anymore. Lord, I want to be set free from being a captive to bondage, Lord. I want to be set free from having this mindset, Lord, that I'm a victim, oh God. I want to be able to be set free so that my family can be restored, Lord. I want to be able to be set free by your mighty hand, Lord, so that my temple can be cleansed, Lord. And you know what I love, church, is that once you have a great legacy in the Lord. And what I love about my grandparents was that they planted seeds of hope. They planted seeds of faith that they knew that a generation would come and still declare his word. Are you willing to sow the seeds, church? Are you willing to sow the seeds for your future generations? Are you willing to put in the work so that your future generations and your future descendants can reap of the harvest that the Lord used you for? Are you willing to be able to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. To be able to dwell in his house for the rest of our lives. And what a beautiful thing when there's a complete family in the Lord. And they all decide to serve in the house of God. That's our desire for you, church. That every single one of you, that we see your whole families here. That we see your children serving. That we see your sons and your daughters becoming a child of the Lord. That's our heart's desire. But if you could only imagine how happy the Lord gets to see completed families in this ministry. To be able to see how families are being restored. To be able to see how he comes to redeem the lost church. That's why the Lord is reminding us in these last days. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself church because he's coming soon. And just as a bridegroom he's waiting He's waiting for the feast to happen, to be able to have the bride enter into the courts and rejoice for all eternity. Because he prepares a mansion for us. What you think we see on Beverly Hills or here in this world, it doesn't compare to the eternal glory that the Lord has for us. It doesn't compare. But many people, they have allowed themselves to have murky waters within them. To have waters that aren't living to have waters that are filled with dirt, to have waters that are filled with pollution. That's why, church, fill yourselves with the Lord. I encourage you, enter into the Lord's presence. Give yourself to the Lord. Don't let your heart be hardened anymore. Don't let your heart lead you astray. Don't let your mind put thoughts in your head. Don't let Satan come into your, into your mind, into your heart. Instead, let the Holy Spirit dwell in you. Let the presence of the Lord dwell in you. That once you come into the house of God, we see that there's transformation in your life. 
We see that there's restoration in your life. We see that there's gratitude in your life. Because that's the key, obedience and gratitude. Once you're able to obey the Lord, you'll be able to inherit that trait of gratitude. Where you'll be able to tell your brothers and your sisters, I'm so grateful to see you in the house of the Lord today. I'm so grateful to see my family in the house of the Lord today. I'm so grateful to be here in the house of the Lord today. In verse 25, it says, verse 26, I mean, after that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwell safely in their land and none made them afraid. When I have brought men, when I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am the one who sanctifies them in the sight of many nations. Who wants to be sanctified by the Lord? Who wants to see the restoration of many nations? Hallelujah. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them unto their own land and have not left none of them anymore there. The Lord doesn't leave us in Egypt. The Lord doesn't leave us in Sodom and Gomorrah, church. The Lord leads us to a land flowing with milk and honey. He leads us to life with abundance, church, that we'll be able to finally see the Lord face to face. And blessed are those who participated in the first resurrection because we'll be able to be lifted up in the twinkling of an eye and see the Lord and to be able to feel his precious hands and to be able to see his eyes that are like a flame of fire, to be able to withhold our Savior that we waited so long for. And it says, verse 28, and I have gathered, gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them anymore there. Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, says the Lord, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of without borders global, says the Lord. Hallelujah. That is the promise, church. That we don't want the Lord to hide his face or to ever hide his presence from us. Because we need of the Lord every single second of our lives, church. We need to be able to be filled with the Lord at every single moment in our life. And that if we're all willing, if we're all willing, church, to come together and unite in this promise that the Lord has for us, together we would do great things for the Lord. But I encourage you, church, that if the Lord puts it in your heart, and if you're willing today to be able to receive the Lord into your heart. If there's been unbelief in you, if there's been, if your heart has been hardened, let your heart be of flesh today. If there's people that have hurt you in your life, in your family, choose to forgive. Choose to do what's right for the Lord and don't choose to do evil. If many people have said things about you, vengeance is the Lord, church. Vengeance is the Lord's. But do evil instead of good. And I encourage you all to stand up on your feet today. If you're all willing, stand up on your feet, church. We have to be willing to put in the work for the Lord, church. Hallelujah. That as we pray for this word, I pray that it falls in fertile soil in your hearts. I pray that these seeds of faith, that these seeds of correction fall into your heart today. And that you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm tired of living the same way that I've been living, Lord. I'm tired, Lord, of living the same way that I came into church today, Lord. 
Lord, make my heart flesh again. Make my heart vulnerable to you again. If I had unbelief in you, Lord, let my heart, let there be no more unbelief, Lord. Let there be faith in me, Lord. Let there be that agape love in me, Lord. Let there be, Lord Jesus, that restoration, Lord, because you are the restorer of life, Lord God. That in the years that were lost, Lord, that you restore them in the end of my life today, Lord. That from this day forevermore, that you will not hide your face from me, Lord, but instead you will be the giver of life, Lord. That you will be the Holy One of Israel, Lord. Lift up your hands, church, if you're willing today. Lord, I come before you, O oh God, with this great congregation, Lord. To say how grateful I am to have you in my life, Lord. I'm so grateful, Lord God, that you saw something, Lord, within each and every one of us, Lord, that you brought us here into your house today, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for not allowing us, Lord God, to become, Lord God, into the bondage of Satan, Lord. But I thank you, Lord, for setting me free, Lord God, by the precious blood of the Lamb, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for redeeming my life, Lord God, from the gates of hell, Lord God. I thank you for restoring my life, Lord. I thank you for restoring my health, oh God. I thank you for restoring my vision in you, Lord God. I ask, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit dwell in me once more, Lord. And from this day forward, Lord God, that I declare, Lord Jesus, that we will be a vessel of honor in your kingdom, Lord God. That we, Lord Jesus, will be able to reap, Lord God, of the fruit, Lord Jesus. To be able, Lord God, to see that the harvest is ready, Lord God. And to see that there's willingness in our hearts today, Lord God. Allow your people, Lord Jesus, to rise up today, Lord. That this, Lord Jesus, be the last moment of their unbelief in you, Lord. That from this day forward, Lord God, that we will be your people and you will be our God, Lord. That we will not turn back, Lord Jesus, from where you took us out from, Lord. But that we will enter, Lord God, into the king's highway, Lord. That we will enter, Lord God, into the, the new Jerusalem, Lord, that you have promised us, Lord. Where we will be able, Lord God, to see your living streams of waters, Lord God, that are not contaminated, Lord, but are holy and are clean without any spot, Lord God, or any blemish, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you have done, Lord, because only you can rescue us, Lord, from the pit, from the pit we were in, Lord God. Only you, Lord God, can restore us back to life, Lord. I ask, Lord God. That you restore, Lord God, the valley of the dry bones, Lord. In this generation, oh God. I ask, Lord God, that the bones connect right now, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that there be flesh upon these bones, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that your presence be within our, our veins, Lord God. That your presence, Lord God, be within our blood, Lord Jesus. That from the top of our head, Lord Jesus, to the bottom of our feet, Lord God, would be filled with your later rain, Lord God. Would be filled with your glory, Lord. Would be filled, Lord Jesus, with your promise of eternal salvation, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, because you've been faithful to me, Lord. And I apologize, Lord, if I haven't said it enough today, Lord. I apologize, Lord, that you forgive, Lord, this church, oh God. I ask that you forgive, Lord God, your remnant, Lord, if there's been any contamination, Lord, if there's been any unbelief within your remnant, Lord God. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you purge it out of us, Lord God. Remove it, Lord God, from the core, Lord God. Remove it from the stem, Lord God, where it comes out from, Lord God. That our hands be clean and our hearts be be pure before you, O oh God. That this will be a generation, Lord, in the last days that will see your glory, Lord. That this generation, Lord God, will be one that won't conform to the things of this world, Lord God. 
but that this generation, Lord God, will rise up, Lord Jesus, and declare your truth, Lord God. We'll declare, Lord God, that you are coming soon, Lord God, and you are coming for a bride that is without stain, Lord. Help your people, Lord God, to return back to your heart, Lord. That if there has been any evilness within the heart of your children today, Lord God, or from their past, Lord God, if there be any scars, Lord Jesus, if there be any hurt within us, Lord God, purge it from us today, Lord. Help us to forgive wholeheartedly, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to pursue the things you love and to hate the things you hate, Lord. Help your people to be set free in the name of Jesus, Lord. That those, Lord God, who have permitted Satan to come into their temples, Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus, Lord. Set your people free today, Lord God. Because today is a day of salvation, Lord. And today, Lord God, we declare, Lord, that we will prepare a way for the Holy One that is to come. That you, Lord God, you rode on a donkey, Lord, while you were here on earth, Lord. But you will be coming on the clouds with your glory. You will be coming, Lord God, as our great Savior, as our great Messiah, Lord God, to come and redeem the house of your people and the house of Israel, Lord. We pray, Lord God, for the borders of Israel, Lord. We pray, Lord God, for the walls of Jerusalem, Lord Jesus. That your Holy Spirit descend in these later days, Lord God. That just as you encountered, Lord Jesus, the team of Solu, Lord God, and the Ben-Hod family, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you encounter your people, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that you make their heart, Lord Jesus, a heart of flesh, Lord. That they turn away, Lord, from their sins. That they turn away, Lord God, from having that Pharisee mindset, Lord. Set your people free today, Lord. I ask, Lord God, that this word, Lord Jesus, that you take it as far as you can, Lord, and that your name be glorified, Lord Jesus, and that your name, Lord God, is worthy of all the honor and of all the praise because you are the truth, you are the way, Lord, and you are everlasting life, Lord. And that is what you have promised us, oh God. So today, Lord, I come to say thank you. I come to say thank you, Lord, because you've kept me and my family still standing here today, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, because who are we that you think of us, Lord, that you brought us this far? And I have faith, Lord, that this house will go from glory to glory, Lord. I have faith, Lord Jesus, that many nations, Lord God, will return back to you, Lord. I have faith, Lord God, that your people will come back to the heart of worship, Lord. That today your people choose whom they will serve today. Whether the king of kings or to be able, Lord God, to be taken captives into this world, Lord. But I pray, Lord, with faith, Lord God, that your children take this, Lord God, with urgency, Lord, to mend their ways and to correct their ways now that we have time, Lord, because you are coming soon, Lord. And there's very little time, Lord God, and you ask us not to waste our time, Lord God, but instead that in these last days, Lord God, we rise up, Lord Jesus, like the Moseses, Lord, like the Joshuas, Lord, like the Deborahs and the Esthers of this house, Lord. That you, Lord Jesus, create in us, Lord God, a heart, Lord, that is willing to serve you, O God, to be able to love you with all our heart and to be obedient to your word, Lord, just as it is, O God. I thank you, Lord God, for your loving kindness, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you encounter your people today, Lord God. As they head home, Lord God, minister unto their hearts today, Lord God. That this word, Lord Jesus, that is not closed from them, Lord Jesus, but instead, Lord God, allow their hearts to receive this word that you have spoken, Lord, directly from your, from your lips, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for your beautiful presence, Lord, because you truly are with your people, Lord. 
and you have been with us from the beginning, and I know you will be with us until the end of time, Lord. And we praise you and we honor you, and all of this will go back to you, my precious King. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, his church says amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful, church, to be able to have this opportunity to preach the word of the Lord. And I pray that you received it into your homes today. I pray that you opened your hearts to be able to receive the word of the Lord today. So God bless you and always remain in the truth of the Lord. God bless you.